Who else have you been staying for? Huh? Oh, you love her? I love her. Oh, you love her? I love her. I love her. I love her. I love her. I love who are some people you all been mistaken at? Jared. Jared. I don't know Do you know that, listen, do you know that in the United States and here, one of the biggest crimes is not murder, not robberies, but identity theft, where people steal people's identity? I don't know how many of you ever watched the movie Face Off. Love the movie by, I think, Nicolas Cage was a star in it. That's before I might tell you all the time. But it was a movie where he tried to change his appearance. And he tried to change his identity. How many of you wish sometimes you could change your identity? You know, sometimes we feel like, you know what? We wish we could be different. We wish we could be a different person at times. But what if I told you that there's an identity that you can never lose? That no matter what people may say about you, no matter what may happen, you know, you may look different, you may feel different, but there's an identity that you can never lose. And that's your identity in Christ, because of the Holy Spirit. And tonight, if you have your Bibles, we're gonna, I'm going to ask you later on to really... Look in your Bibles together. We're going to do a little Bible study together tonight. You're going to do your own personal Bible study instead of me teaching the whole time. So that's a good thing. And I just heard a Samsung whistle. So please turn it off. But tonight, we want to look at a couple things. First of all, the body of Christ. What is the body of Christ? All who have been placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the universal church. This is the body of Christ. This is an identity that we cannot lose. None of us in this room... If we know Jesus our Savior, can lose salvation. Now, that brings us to another question. Because a lot of times in life, what do we say? Some Christians look just like the world, right? They look, they look no different. Well, you know what I would say in that case? We need to question whether or not that person truly is saved. And let me just say this, because a lot of times what we like to do, a lot of people like to try, try and twist the Bible. You can't judge me, only God can judge me, you know, like we try to be cool, but you can't judge me, boy. Only God will judge, you know, like. <laughs> the Bible doesn't say that, you know. The Bible does say, judge not, or ye too will be judged. But it also says that one other thing. It says, by their fruit, by your fruit, you will be known. If you have bad fruit, what does that mean? You know, that means probably you're not a believer. Good fruit, people can see. So, you know, it's, it's like one of the things where people try to, you know, push the, the, the Bible card. You know, but you can't judge me. You know, no, that's not, that's not true. Because you know what happens? We, we, you know, get that way, defend people, defensive people who know they're not living right. Who know they need to change things in their lives. Secondly, as we think of identity accounts to be stolen. First of all, you have the body of Christ. Second, you have the baptism of the Spirit. And this is the act of salvation by which the Holy Spirit places a believer in the union with Christ and with other believers in the body of Christ. 
If you look around this room, look around for a second. Now we do have some siblings in this room. We do have some brothers and sisters. You know? But you know what? As a believer in Christ, we got more brothers and sisters in Christ. If you call yourself a true believer tonight, you're my brother. You're my sister. I'm your brother. Not like brother. Anyway, we won't, we won't go down the road, you know? They know some of y'all thinking, like, you're a true brother, but you know, like, white, not brother. Anyway, you know? <laughs> you know, I know some of you are thinking that, right? Some of you are thinking that. But no, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. All right? That's important. All right? That's the important thing about it because you know what? This bond here is even greater than a blood bond. Because you know what? You know what? Blood bond, as you may know, so, some of you all are brothers and sisters. Do you hear the laundry brothers all the time? No. All right. Do you know that? Do you know that as a believer in Christ, as a brother and sister in Christ, that bond is stronger than a regular a blood brother or sister? Because you know why? Because we know for sure we'll spend eternity together. Now, I'm not saying that your brother and sister don't know quite the I'm not saying that. But they do. We are all one brother and sister. Now, which brings us to a, a verse that we all have heard before. We have heard many times in our life. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Anybody could sit up for me? Look it up, somebody. I want somebody to read it for me. Thank you. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation or a creature, he is new. What does that what does it say? The old class, all things have been passed away, and behold, the new things. And if you think about that, as we think of a new year, we always make these resolutions, things we want to change. And some of us are ready throwing them out the window. Alright? I'm going to tell you the truth. One of my, I won't say resolutions because I don't like that word, but one of the life changes I want to do is I have a, I have a challenge or goal that, you know, you know in the quiet time that we do it online, you get red marks if you don't do it and stuff online. I, I'm looking for this month of January. I don't want no red marks. I want all green to say I done it on time. I want to be. I want a perfect record in that. That's my goal. That's what I want to do. Because you know what? We need to set goals in life. There's nothing wrong with setting goals. Because if you don't set goals, you know what? You're not going to achieve anything. You have to set goals. But as we think again as our identity in Christ, we must remember this. That this is an identity, again, that cannot be broken or stolen. I want to ask you a question. And just, I, this isn't for me to answer a lot, but I want you to think about this for a second. Because I would say probably the majority of people in this room would say they are a believer, they are a Christian. Would you say your life has changed since the day you said you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Are you any different? If I saw you on the road anywhere, if I saw you out, or if I asked your schoolmates, what would they tell me about you? Would they tell me that you really identify with Christ? Would they tell me that you are a genuine Christian, that you're different? 
Or would they say, well, you're just trying to fit in? Or would they say, Christian, nothing like it. He doesn't show no proof. There's nothing in him. I noticed like being in school. I was there one time. You know, I went out married not too long ago, but I was there. And I know what it is to try to fit in with everybody. You want to be cool. Nobody wants to be the Christian, the, the Jesus free. Nobody wants to be that. Nobody wants to be the person who everybody thinks they're just weird because they love Jesus so much. You know, when I was in 12th grade, the goal of my graduating class, before we graduated, was to try and get me drunk. They wanted to take me out and try and get me drunk. That was their goal. That was something they wanted to do. And that's why today, I don't take a drink from nobody. I will not take a drink. I am very scornful. I don't drink from anybody because I don't trust people. I don't trust people at all. I trust my wife, that's about it. Alright? But I don't drink from people. I'll only drink my wife and sometimes mercy because you know mercy a little backwashing, you know, that's just, that don't work, you know. We don't want we don't want that. But they're the only two people I really would drink from. I'm just scornful like that. Usually, I, I'm getting a little better. Usually, if I put a drink down, I won't even go back to drink that because I don't trust. I don't trust no one. <laughs> I used to be so bad. One time, I would almost take my drink if I went to Wendy's. I would almost take it in the bathroom so I didn't want no one to mess with it. And imagine a journey in the bathroom. But I never did that. But that was that would be how I'd want to do it because I don't trust people. But you see, as we think of our identity, we think of our identity in Christ. When we come to know Christ as Savior, our lives are changed. They should be changed. So the question is, when does the baptism of the Spirit take place? And that's something we want to look a little bit more into, and I'm going to break you up. And this is where you're going to break up into groups, all right? Um, we're going to have these two rows. These two rows are going to be... Team one, the youngest spread out the papers, which are going to be look at those Bible verses and figure out the answers. Team two is going to be that row there. Alright, I want y'all to work together. This is a time that you can actually talk and give you permission to talk. Alright? And this is for all the rest of y'all. Alright? No, 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 I'm giving you five minutes. Five minutes. I'm gonna read. Let me let me read it for you. All right, Team One. If you want to go in the back, or if you want to go in the back, then you can go. But Team One, this is what you have to do. Read Mark one eight, Acts one five. In relation to these verses, when did the baptism of the Holy Spirit begin? Did it begin before these verses, out these verses, or at the time of these verses? In your report, give reasons for your answer. Select a student to find to find the answer. To tell me the truth. All right, everybody, get back to the seats. Turn around. All right, group one. All right, this is what's group. Listen, this is what detective group one. Right, this is what they had to say. They had to read Mark one. Listen, quiet down. Mark one eight, Acts one four to five. In relating to these verses, when did the baptism of the Holy Spirit begin? 
As we can see, we saw what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. Did it begin before these verses, after these verses, or at the time of these verses? In your report, give the reason for your answer. Select one student to give your report. Who's going to give the report? All right, we have two, one, number one, so we'll let, we'll let two of them. Oh, you ain't want to do it, eh? Okay, y'all, y'all, who y'all got? Who's going to give your report? All right. All right, let's give you the report. Let's quiet down. So everybody can hear. Yeah, you want to use the mic or no? He want to use the mic. All right, we can listen. All right, thank you, thank you. Let's give him a hand. I don't even need, I don't even need that. None of that. He said it very well. All right. So he went. I came after those verses. Team number two, detective team two. Who's your reporter? Ivana, your reporter. Ivana. Let's give her a hand. Huh? What is that? Anyway. Anyway, you give your report. Let's see if these detectives are right or wrong. I hate That the baptism of the Holy Spirit was during the time of these verses. Right, Virtue? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> it is before in your case. Alright? This this was during the baptism listen. In First Corinthians, in First Corinthians twelve and twelve to thirteen, and Galatians three, this is when Paul, Paul was already it was after, and that's what's your name? What's your name? I didn't meet you yet. What's your name? Huh? Carl. Carl, right? Carl greatly told us that the day of what Pentecost was when the baptism of the Holy Spirit came. Paul was after the day of Pentecost. Alright? His ministry started because if you remember in Acts 2, the day of Pentecost happened, and about, if we think of the book of Acts, in Acts 8, I think was when um, Paul had his, or Saul at that time, had his Damascus Road experience. So that is why that is... Alright, it happened before then. So, Team 2, I am sorry to say... Um, 
that you are bad detectives. <laughs> bump, bump, bump. Chapter, you said, did it begin before the verses, meaning the verses you gave us? Oh! oh. <laughs> you can't get yourself out of that one, though. You already said that the baptism happened afterwards, though. You, you should become a lawyer. <laughs> All right. Group three. Who's group three? Come on, group three. Let's get him a hand. Who's that spokesman? <laughs> and since we're ready, basically, since your answers have already been told, you can easily explain it. Go. Go. They're ready, they're ready to tell you all your answers. If you, were li- if you were listening to Carl, he told you your answer already. But anyway, go. <laughs> but if you all get this wrong, I can slap you. Of acts. Yeah, you can read it, Mom. We, we, you know. And, and, and as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them. And as on, as on us at the beginning, then they remembered the words of the Lord. How that, how that he said, in a following side way, John indeed baptized with water, but he shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Meaning that this is happening during the. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> now you ain't finished. Bring it on, man. Bring the word. Bring the word. If I don't get wrong though, don't be wrong now. Go. Go, go, boy, go. Right. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them service. I think that's what it said. I think it's right. 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 I think it's Pentecost is when the baptism of the Spirit took place. If you remember, all right, thank you, thank you. Let's give my hand. It's a fresh chase, but if you remember, if you remember, the day of Pentecost was when the Spirit came, the Holy Spirit. Remember, as Jesus was ascending, what did Jesus say to his disciples? You remember what was his last words to him? I will send, I will send you what. A comforter, a helper. I will send you somebody to help you. The Holy Spirit. And that is when at Acts 2 was when the big awakening happened. So, as you can see, groups 1 and 3 had it together. Group 2, you all need to really work out, work out next time. Alright. Now, I was going to let you all do some more work, but I'll just, we'll just go through this very quickly. If you have your books, you can look at these. But I'm going to ask you a couple of true and false. Let's see if you've been listening. All right. <laughs> All right. The purpose of baptism 
of the Spirit is to add people to the body of Christ. True or false? Let's see. A purpose of baptism of the Spirit is to add people to the body of Christ. True. We are commanded in the Bible to be baptized by the Spirit. True or false? What are we, what are we told to be? What? Let's see if y'all know why it's false. Number two was false. Let's, let's put them up there because they'll see. We are commanded in the Bible to be baptized by the Spirit. That is false because we are commanded to be what? Filled by the Spirit. Filled. See, a little tricky, you know? All right. And number three, the baptism of the Spirit is an emotional feeling experienced by believers who are spiritual. That is false. That's, all right. Baptism of the Spirit is, is an emotional feeling experienced by believers who are spiritual. That is false because it's not an emotional feeling. That's not what it's about. It's not about people going to the ground thinking, oh, I got the Spirit. Ooh, no, no. That's not, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking, and this is where, listen, because this is very important for you to think about because this is why a lot of people have a false hope in Jesus Christ. Because people are, don't have the Spirit in them because they made a decision because their friend made a decision. Oh, I was to this nice, you know, everyone was going forward, man, so I had to go forward. That's not what it's about. Not about this whole emotional thing. Number four, as you can see, the baptism of the Spirit is a one-time event that takes place at salvation. That is true. You only can be saved once. You hear what I said? You only are saved once. You're not saved twice, three, four times, even though, you know, some of us, we feel like we got to ask Jesus as, and that is not the way to do it, but we say we're going to ask Jesus into our hearts for the third or fourth time. No. It's a one-time event. Salvation happens once. Fifthly, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is unique to the church age. Is that true? Yes. That is true because it happened at the day of Pentecost, which was the start of the church. And lastly, the baptism of the Spirit gives a new identity to believers as members of Christ. That is true, okay? So, this is an identity that can now be taken. When people tell you you can lose your salvation or lose your identity in Christ, you cannot as a genuine believer. But the question always comes, are you a genuine believer? Which brings us to our application, all right? When we are one in Christ, all things have passed, all things have become new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 When we become a believer, things have to change in our lives. We can't continue to do the same things. You know, a question I would ask you and to think about is, do you have a desire to want to know Christ more? Do you have a desire to want to come and open God's Word? Is that a desire of your heart? If not, then you need to really search your heart and ask yourself, do I truly know Christ as my Savior? Now, am I saying that that means every morning of your life you have to do a quiet time? No. Because I could be honest with you. It's hard for me. And I'm the youth pastor. It's hard for me at times. Because we get busy. But we should want to have a desire to want to know Christ more. Secondly, just moments before his ascending into heaven, Jesus told disciples to wait for the baptism of the Spirit in Acts 1, 4-5. He said to wait because he was going to send the helper to help them. All right? So this is why this is very important, because the baptism of the Spirit helped ha- happen at the day of Pentecost. Thirdly, believers are commanded to be filled, not baptized with the Spirit. Now, let me just say this, because sometimes when people say you're filled with the Spirit, they think you're not speaking tongues, you're going to be doing dancing. That's not what being filled with the Spirit is. 
Alright? That's not what being filled with the Spirit is. It's not speaking in tongues. Because if you read the Bible and you talk about speaking in tongues, the question you ask is where the interpreter. If you can understand what the person is saying, well, they're just doing something they're not supposed to be doing. Alright? Filled with the Spirit, a lot of people just take it to mean something else. Alright? They think, oh, well, if I'm filled with the Spirit, then I gotta be crazy. No, 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 no. Being filled with the Spirit means you're being different. Being the Spirit is in charge of you, in control of you. Fourthly, you should be, you should have made daily choices to crucify yourself by denying yourself and taking your cross daily. That is the key to life. Alright? The key is to say, you know what? I need to die to myself daily. That goes for all of us. Your youth leaders, you, we need to die to ourselves daily because you know what? Our flesh every day is crying out. And it's so easy to give in the flesh, right? Don't you agree? You know, like when that TV show is on that you know you shouldn't be watching, but it's on and you're like, man, I really love this show though. And you just leave it on and it gets easy. That's what happens, you know? So tonight as we start this series, talking about rings, the history and life of the believer, it's going to help us to really see who we are in Christ. Where is our identity? Is our identity truly in Christ or identity in the world? And I would challenge you, again, for those of you who have the quiet time diaries, let's shoot for three this week. All right, I shoot for seven, because I told you I have, I, on January I want to see you all green. But I shoot for seven. But you shoot for three, all right? At least three. I ain't saying stop at three. Do all seven if you could. All right? And for those who don't have a quiet time book and you need one, we could see what we could do. We could try to order some or, or do something, all right? But let us start 2015 and try to be people who want to know God more. Try to want to be different. As we are filled with the Spirit, we got to be different. We can't fall back into the same things. All right? We need to be different in all that we do. All right? So let's pray. Then you can go to your small groups. For those who don't know which small groups, I will t- tell you which one to go. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for how much you love us, that you would send your Son to die for us so that we could have relationship. We could also have your Holy Spirit living in us. And Father, I pray that you would help us to truly understand what it means to be filled with the Spirit. And I pray that you would help us to continue to be on it all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.